right, folks, welcome to Building Beyond with Tecton. I'm Burt Carlisle, your host, and sitting here with me is Nephi Carlisle, Lehi Carlisle, and Nathan Carlisle. We're four brothers that uh, got together to continue the work that Nathan started in the beginning of Tecton Construction. Thanks, Bert, and that, that was a great introduction. For, to, to start out, we'll go I uh, brief summary about the company. I started it back in 20, 2017 and worked through all the hard spots. Always knew I wanted some great partners, but didn't feel like I was in a position to sell myself or the company to the kind of partners I wanted. So when I got to that point in business, and naturally these guys are the the ones I went to to partner up with. So we'll go to Bert here. So Bert, you give give a brief summary of you and. Well, for me, um, I I came on board because I liked the idea of um, what I thought would be super like minded people that would have common goals and common uh, strategies to get there. <clears throat> And I uh, felt like that as long as we can get along, that this would be a, a perfect way to extend your branches and your abilities um, almost by, you can all see, we kind of look a little a bit alike, but basically clone ourselves and we can spread ourselves out and we all care equally. So I love the idea and that's why I'm here. One of the to your point there, one of the, one of the things that I realized when I decided I wanted to come to y'all's about partner up was I had tried a few few people ideas hiring them, seeing if there's somebody I wanted to partner with, and the um, the truth of it is, is it, it all came down to the realization that mom and dad built more of me. I just need to go reach out to them, you know. Maybe that was why. They built more of me before me, so that's kind of an unfair <laughs> and, statement. And I was a guinea pig. <laughs> yep. Nephi, go ahead. Small introduction for yourself. Now, I'm, as I said, uh, Nephi, um, I've been in the oil field most of my life. Um, Nate called me about two years ago and and brought me on as an employee with, with uh, the talk of something more you know, to fill it out. And I looked back a little at first, but, you know, for the past year, I ain't looked back in this best decision I ever made. Um, it, it's been it's been a fun ride, and I, I appreciate you for taking the leap. Yeah. yeah, what do you got for yourself? Well, I, I enjoy being here because uh, the, the crew that I, and the way I feel about this crew is they all care. And that, that's what attracted me. I've, I've, I was in the oil field for six years and then started my own little small business running five guys and uh, learned a lot about being an employer. But then two years ago, I started this and I'd, I've been through a lot of, uh, I've learned a lot. Let's just put it that way. But yeah. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I think we all had well and i i think it's easy to say you 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 learned the hard way that's exactly mo- right, mostly yeah. because i was so bad at teaching so well, i i don't know about that i think that the way that you taught I, was like you're gonna learn the lesson better by going through the the bullshit yeah well you taught by not teaching yeah <laughs> in a way and that that was well, what i needed to learn like if i go out and make it work it was gonna work it's forever ingrained yeah. that's for sure yeah. so uh, this podcast is gonna be primarily on business and construction um we we all have a passion on helping each other and so th- there's gonna be times throughout this this uh, adventure of podcasting the building beyond with tecton that we we go into uh self-development subjects and we talk about our experiences that could help our listeners uh, in, in any kind of self-development in any kind of business because when it all comes down to it uh, we're in the service business and it's not necessarily different than any other service business and so so to begin off then we'll 
will go to the effective project management from from running it through a business. So, Bert, you, you've been building homes. I mean, I, I remember when you would leave the house at 6 o'clock in the morning. I was still getting ready to get going to school. So you've been doing homes for a long time. Can you, can you give us a subject or two about what it what it was about getting up, going, and being there every day that made made each house made made each project successful. Well, thanks, Nate. I I feel like that the very beginnings kind of started out on the farm. Uh, we all grew up on a farm, and that taught us how to get up and work. So the getting up and going and doing was not the big issue. If you have that issue, I recommend you take care of it because. If you don't get off your butt, you won't get nothing in life. But as far as getting up and uh, going out and doing the work, that was easy because we had to do that on the dairy. And uh, once I started building homes, it was really the the reward, like going from dairying to building and watching what your hands could do otherwise was a huge reward, and it instilled a passion in me for building like how long will that building be there and you can drive by it thousands hundreds tens of thousands of times in your lifetime and every time you look at it and there's a certain sense of pride and now like I would never would imagine I thought those buildings would have always just been like in the hills somewhere or or whatnot but now with Tecton you're out in the middle of the city we're building huge buildings that, you know, it, it, it is a certain sense of pride that brings you back to the next one and the next one. Yeah, so one of my first, one, Tecton's first big building was right down here in St. George, Utah, downtown, the Advenir Hotel. And it's, it's always fun to go have a glass of wine, go sit at their bar and hang out there because of the history it has with Tecton. But as far as getting up, you say it was easy for you. What what can the listeners take from when you got to learn how to get up? Like what was what helped you learn that? Like for me, I, I, I have to learn things new that I'm not comfortable with by having to do them. But being put in a position that I have to do them, whether it's. Well, I've felt lazy a lot of times. Um, and I don't know if, if that's what you're asking, like what makes you not lazy to get up? Well, exactly. Like what? I definitely push news on my phone a few times. The trick is I said it a little earlier than I need to get up, but <laughs> life hack. <laughs> that's, that's a new life hack and I'll take that. You're welcome. Um, but just the desire to, uh, to provide for myself and I've always felt like it, I was responsible for others well-being and and that really kept me going I never had to hit a lazy state or anything just there was always a responsibility and that's what I feel like drove me to get out of bed I I didn't see what you're saying there one of the things that kept me going is the sense of responsibility so if you don't have responsibility, get some that'll get you up no, in the that's, morning. Yeah, <laughs> that's damn good advice try so. some kids <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Nephi no greater the, or butters. You got to give yeah. you got to give us a little introduction of how you're really called butters because I don't think that's appropriate for the <laughs> podcast. That was a perfect introduction. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so butters, you're you're pretty good at the client relations. You you seem to pull that off. We we have a lot of clients that really love you and they really love us all in our own way, but but there's there's something exceptional about you. Can you talk a little bit about how how you pull that off so well? Or I mean, I I think it's a gift that we all have. Um, I I I'm always a little intimidated in meeting a new, you know, especially if it's a. a well-known GC, you know, even though my primarily deal with, with only the PMs and the, the, uh, superintendents on the job, it's, it's still, you know, a little bit intimidating when you don't know them, but 
I I really try to to pick pick what subjects I think that they're gonna they're gonna care about the most and educate myself on those subjects and educate myself on their their projects. So when they ask me questions about their project, I have legitimate answers. Um, that's been a big a big process of mine from. I mean, first job, obviously, learning experiences and everything. Um, but just knowing what they're talking about has been a big focus of mine. And obviously, customers always right. And, you know, if they're not, <laughs> you, you find ways around to tell them they're not without telling them they're not. Um, those are probably two biggest focuses of mine when dealing with one of the things, so we, your most intimidating project to date, I believe, would be the gardens. Correct. And in the beginning of that, so in construction, as a subcontractor, the the the, the general contractor looking for, to you for how you're going to do your job. They're not looking necessarily to you about pleasing them or that or the other. That comes later. They're looking to you. And I, and I noticed a transition being helping you out through that and being a contact for that general contractor when they're frustrated. I noticed when you started taking that job personally and started commanding it around as your project and not petting their feelings, they started loving you. So that, I think that that's one of well, the big things is you, you, you take control of your situation and I, and I think that's what GCs need because that's 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 how the flow of subcontractors will go well. Is when people take control and responsibility of their own. I would 100% situation. agree. Um, ever since that job, I quit petting their their emotions. Um, General, say, say say with like uh, the first client that I was able to deal with. You know, I I felt so obligated to please them that I I missed out on some some important personal family matters just to please them and that that never going to happen again to a certain extent um because it was it did, it didn't do the situation any good just pleased him in that that moment and that didn't help our relationship at all yeah, it wasn't until the gardens that I really got a good relationship with that client because we did a lot of work for him. One one of the things that I that I like to think about when I'm working on the the relations of the project that is is uh, project managers and superintendents their emotions start primarily from the project not working out. Yeah, or it's, that, it's and so so you don't had to begin with. Yeah, you got to prove them that it's gonna right. So right, so you don't you're... you don't focus on their emotions. You just focus on the project doing your job flow. And if they don't believe you're doing it, you either got to get it right or you got to prove to them that you're doing it right. And it's not it's not your fault. And that's that's a big thing. Sometimes they blame stuff on you that that's not you. Yeah, and that goes to gaining your respect. That gaining the respect from those around you, whether they're they're your, you know, below you or above you, like you gotta you gotta show that you know what you're doing, that you've been there and you've done that, and you show an understanding, and that gains their respect. And in this light, when the GC has their emotions going, and and you uh, are doing your job, and you just point out of. Uh, how well your job has been done or being done or what you're doing about the problems that may or may not been caused by you or maybe it was caused by them or maybe some other sub, you're solving that problem and that is gaining their respect and that's how I believe that you overcame the gardens and I believe that that's how we gain um, respect from those we get the privilege to work for and with is they see that we all care and that we're going to do our job. We're going to meet our obligations. If we say something, we're going to do it. And as we prove that to 
GCs. I, I believe that's exactly where we cross that line of respect as opposed to um, being questioned all the time. Yeah. Well, thanks a bunch, Nephi. That was that was some great points and great content there. Absolutely. Lehi, so you've been a business owner in uh, not only just a business owner before you came and partnered up with Tecton, but you were in the same industry. You, you were framing. You were just in houses, not commercial. Yeah. So between you and I, I'd, I'd love to come up with some great industry principle standards. Um. We obviously want to evolve on everything, but what's what's some great industry standards from from that? You know, it's uh, I think a big thing is just getting out there and doing things and getting getting all the other subs on the same page. But you you go absolutely, and that that's one thing is I think the biggest thing that people have. A mistake on when they go step on these bigger jobs is they don't do it with a smile on their face having that smile on your face and like being willing to help each other out and if you have a job site that has that same mindset the job goes way better but to have that influence to get other subs behind you and uh have the same goals because we should always have the same goals when we step onto those job sites anyway, but to get everybody happy and like, so they can enjoy work and not, it's not just work, create an environment of helping each other out, like a sense of community on the job site. That's definitely an ideal job site. I, I mean, it's, that that's a perfect job site but how how many times do we see that so let's go down that rabbit hole a little bit because that is a perfect scenario and honestly we all know we make everybody makes more money when that's the scenario on the job and and it starts absolutely. at the the general contractor's project manager and superintendent absolutely but it, i think that there's there's those Clients or the the superintendents that are like strictly business and like, and it, it's just reading people and understanding the importance of, uh, what they do, and what their job is, and help them be successful, help everybody on the job site be successful, instead of. Uh, backs down well the plumbers uh, just ripping stuff out and there's like come on dude just come and talk to me and i will send a guy over there and it'll only take us five seconds to fix what you know it's going to take more just having the mindset of like working together communication and, absolutely right. and sometimes it, it gets pretty difficult there's a lot of people that are um, pretty sour, <laughs> but <laughs> like yeah. even the sour people, if you, if you do like, even if you're just talking about strictly business, cause they're the sour ones are usually like, don't talk to me others in business, but if you yeah. do it all, all in a jolly way, it's, it's Absolutely. really, it's really hard for them to not gravitate to that gravitate Absolutely. to wanting to deal with you and talk to you. You just gotta be um, genuine. And I think. The, and that that's the, to me that's the number one way to start a job out better as far as efficiency you need people that are can think ahead um and, and it, it's it's harder to find these kind of people but the people that think ahead know exactly from being able to clean the trash off the job site and get it to the dumpster and, and just stuff like that, little stuff like that, that you got to think ahead and make sure you have an efficient way to do it, that it's not uh, unsafe or going to cost more time than it needs to. It, a it's Avoiding the environment of procrastination. 
Absolutely. I, I would yeah. say is what you're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. But I, I'm still guilty of a little procrastination right. myself. But. Well, it's like when you hire someone, right, and and they have to be told every little thing to do. Like you don't have a lot of faith in the longevity of that person. Right. But if that person right. is like thinking ahead a little bit and they hand you a tool when you didn't ask for it, you know that right. person's going to be around as long as they will be because yep. you know you want them on that job site. Absolutely. Because that, that has more value than you can even really explain right. because you know you have somebody that's, that's actively wanting to help get the job done even if yep. it's the wrong tool yeah like, like exactly so happy <laughs> dad that used to say you do tool, something yeah whether it's right or wrong and you can teach them that aim hey, that's not the right tool or the right way to do it but they took the initiative to do it it's, yeah that's that's why on yeah. the rigs we always carried around crescent wrenches <laughs> that's right <laughs> they're right. hammers and there's always <laughs> <laughs> the right tool in your the, pocket what i would say the number big the biggest number one thing I've learned, and and this is a principle you could argue in every every industry, communication. And why is it so much important in, in construction? There there's so many difference of differences of people on the project. You're dealing with so many Absolutely. more emotions yep. on every project. And communication will do away with ninety percent of the issues. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and it, it, it like just trying to understand the other person too, you know that he's just there trying to do his job as well. But yeah, his job gets frustrating, just like my job does. And I try and take that in consideration, and not I. I never try to argue with them, ever. Arguing just proves that there's two people present. Yeah. Right, but I w- I would say statements are not arguments. Right, no, no, no. you know, you, like you and if you need to make a statement, like a bold absolutely. statement, then you got to do it. And I I, I leave it at that. Right, right. people you know, will take advantage yeah. of you if you if you cower. To yeah, absolutely, you got to stay strong. But it's I I I mean you're you're firm. talking about a perfect job site, and I we've had a couple of those. Let's be real, like we did they. We've had a couple really great projects that that the uh, the leadership of the project, the the general contractor's leadership on that project can make or break the project. Hundred percent. You know, I don't believe the one rises. sub can break a project, but I believe a, a bad superintendent can break a project. Yep. But um, well, that was great. So. We're gonna go. We're gonna go over to Bert and let Bert uh, take take the lead on this next part of the subject of just the industry trends, where where we see the markets, where where we're at. Yeah. So, me being involved with and in, you know the estimating and stuff like that on the COO and. Uh, so I get my tentacles in a lot of different things, and right now we're super focused on estimating because of the last year in the market and what we've seen. So, you know, last year we've seen a significant slowdown in jobs being awarded. There was no shortage of, of jobs available and coming, but they they would we'd submit our bids and out they'd go and they'd come back and they'd need it to be cheaper, but you was already one of the cheapest, which is why you got the call back. And eventually they wouldn't go, and now they're back on the ballot for for estimating a lot of them. And and lumber prices are a little bit on the rise now. They're, they've started coming up. And, like, I've seen this um, pretty much all the 20 years I've been here the procrastinator that is intending on building never really wins. It's always the right time to build, no matter what the market is. If you're going to do it, get started on it, and it'll work out. That's what I've seen as a general in the in the residential sector. And now here, um, I've only been involved with Tecton for just over a year, and I've already seen one cycle of this being true. Like, it was cheaper if some of these GCs or these owners, not the GCs, but the owners would have pulled the triggers 
their job would be halfway started uh, or halfway done. They would have spent less on lumber than most likely they will. Because let me tell you about the, the trends or the projections for next year. So we're moving into the year 2024 with housing up 14%. Um, you have the remodeling sectors. They're going to stay in their homes. They're going to build. You had the Fed come out and say that uh, we've reached a plateau with our raising of the interest rates, and we may see a few declines in the first few quarters. What that's going to do is give a lot of these uh, investors the confidence to go ahead and pull the trigger. And we're in a, I, I personally can... Like, I predict that it will cause a, a another binding, as it were, where people want to buy out and, and get all these jobs started in 2024. And I think this year is going to be super crazy and busy. It'll create another bottleneck like we had. Yeah, a bottleneck where you have the rising price of lumber and people needing uh, – subs on their jobs to get them on off the ground and a little bit of desperation this year for help later on we've had a we've had a pretty long span of not signing new jobs because of the volatile market and a lot of the investors having questions and want to hold out and um i think it's i think they're they're going to start their projects regardless now they've waited long enough yeah we thought the end of 22 and the first of 23 was bad with us having a bigger presence and hundreds of millions of dollars worth of bids out yeah. it's so busy it's yeah. gonna be yeah. so fun i be i can't wait and i i, I definitely if, if that happens yeah agree with that scenario where we we th- towards a Later or the second half of this year, we get crazy busy. I think that 2024 is when a lot of projects hit hit the ground running. the The market, the the interest rates when they when they would close on their interest rates, or in sometimes sometime in 2025, depending on the size of the project. And by then, we anticipate a couple points down at least. Yep, couple points. Well, I don't think when we went down there in Phoenix um, or Scottsdale and met with that GC about that uh, Wrecker Ranch project, and he's like, yeah, we just waited. We we know that 2024 is the year to build. I thought they were saying a whole um, point. You thought what? I'm talking, they, about, they I'm talking saying about 2025. Sometime rates. in 2025, I'll bet you we'll be down two points. By the end of from, 2025. From the oh. nine and a half or whatever okay. it is now down to, you're yeah. saying, so, somewhere in the sevens. That'd be great. Seven, like, we we had such low interest rates for a long time that we think these interest rates are so high, and they are. I mean, look at my mortgage and how much big of a difference it would make if I was to close a mortgage on today's interest rates. Like, is a huge difference. So you can imagine how that amplifies on these big projects. Yeah, I... I, I bitch about my 6.4 interest rate on my house, and my dad-in-law just laughs at me and says, that was a good interest rate back in my days. Yeah, yeah. So yeah he, was, he was dealing with 10-plus interest rate back in those days. 20, yeah, I think dad was 13-point-something, his first one, if I remember right. It's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. Well, what do you got on? What do you got on customer preferences? I like that. I really like that. Like, let's talk a little bit about customer preference. Customer preference. That's a fun one because, like, we're all different. Yeah, each customer is something different. But even in the estimating, like the very beginning stages, you look into a company and you're like, "This is a great project," and then you look into the company and you're like, "Do I want to work for that company?" Maybe you make a few calls, do a little vetting because it's so important. Like the GCs, they always, and and homeowners for that instance, they're looking for somebody that can build them some their their place. Right. But we don't, as, as that uh, provider of that service, we don't necessarily think about vetting them. 
they're yeah, vetting us. Yeah, but this exactly. is a two-way street. Like you're making a yeah. you're you're making a contractual agreement and mm. and it is important for us. That's a, a good one to always think about. I always think about it because I learned in the uh just in the single family sector that it wasn't every customer that came in that door that I wanted to work for. And I'm telling you, I learned that the hard way and it is real. Like if you don't have that good feeling about that person that you could get along with, work with, or at least work through, you got to let them go. That's not a job for you. And it's the same here. Just like you mentioned with your experience, it's just another zero. There's no difference. Yeah. So the, the, uh, we should put in our signature bio, we refuse the right to refuse service to anybody. Or yeah. we reserve the right to refuse yeah. service yeah. to anybody. Yeah, there you go. Uh, to that point, I just sent out an, a, a, a project we're estimating on to three different GCs, and every one of those GCs had a different price. Why? Yeah. Because I know them all. I know them all. And I, I know which pro, which general contractor we can do better with. And that's why I give a better price with, yep. too. Same here. I, yeah. Except for this one, I only yeah. know of two GCs in this project we just bid. They're different numbers. Have you experienced that in your uh, residential framing up there much? Or where, where Absolutely. The, Absolutely. The ownership. I, I, you know, to be honest, uh, I, was, I did a lot of Burt's. Of, uh, uh, framing for him i'd always give him a better price because he was always on time paying always like i could rely on any bert or any job i got from bert i knew i was gonna get the cash flow that i needed there was other companies that i went and framed some houses for that it i learned the hard way you got to play it different you got to you got to play it a conservative and make sure that you're not. You got to know the numbers and realize that the numbers ain't going to be exactly coming in when you want them or need them to. Right. And then it's got to have like the same basis of, of 30% of a little is still just a little, but 9% yeah. of a lot is way more valuable. Yeah. And, Depending on the, who. One of the things that I, I, speaking about cash flow, cash flow would be such a great subject. Um, it's actually what wakes me up in the morning so I know I got some cash flow coming in. <laughs> I I think that was great. I, do you, we'll, we'll move on to uh, Soup over here. I, he's That's another nickname I got to hear. I'm their brother, and I don't even know why you're called Soup. That story is rather boring, and if you ask me, but well, we'll uh, get into it. That's sometime. a good history right there. <laughs> yeah. Just like his was yeah. inappropriate, yours is boring. We're fine. Uh, what about project managing? Like, l- l- let's give you the reins on that. The project managing. Go brief over your experiences and, and uh, good principles. What I know about project managing is that. I have a lot to learn still, but I have learned a lot. <laughs> Speak about the flow, the flow of uh, looking ahead and making sure the crew and everything has what they have, what they need, because that's a big part of project managing. Well, first off, you gotta you gotta know your crew and um, things that there's a lot of things I need to get better on, but keeping track of like the the habits of your crew and like if they can or like what can your crew do and go from there if you need to change the crew you need to change the crew because there's the 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 scheduling's getting so tight because everybody's wanting to see the returns faster absolutely especially so, these days oh yeah and so they, we get ridiculous schedules that I and to me, I like to try and meet them. I know they're uh, they're probably not realistic, but 
I'm going to do what I can to meet it. Yeah, it's a challenge, and yeah. that's what we do. Like, mm-hmm. we take on challenges. Natu- it's our natural instinct to take on challenges. And Absolutely. Uh, but schedule always is. Scheduling, uh, they're, they're put there, but and that's what motivates me is the schedule. Um, you, f- you love that challenge. Talk a little bit about like what you do as a project manager to to uh, eliminate risk, to uh, take away risk from it all. You know, like, and, and I think a big thing with this is safety, especially right now when we have some oh, absolutely. people trying to screw around with our insurances and all that. Like, talk a little bit about risks. Risks, you, you got, uh, being the guy that, is always constantly telling your guys to tie off or like keep their railing up on it. And that, that's a big, really big struggle on the job sites. And I think it, it's like industry wide, but the safety is so important to make sure you find somebody that can take passion in it and, put them in charge of that job site to keep it going. The, the, the safety, nobody, the guys are there and thinking they're macho men and they, they can just go walk the wall and they'll be all right. All it takes is like, it happens to the best of them. And Run all over the roof. And, yeah. Oh. We've, we've all been fall. in that position. Absolutely. It's not, I have, it's not just macho man. You're trying to I, get the job done. So, and, I thought I was a macho. You man. feel you feel like you feel like it's going to slow you down to stop, put a belt on. Absolutely, and stuff, you do. But at the end of the day, we're we're all trying to get a means to provide for our own homes. So, with that being said, to get guys to understand that it's not just because that's the OSHA rule or anything, that's what it takes to actually. Be, make it more insurance of going home every night to your family and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. One point about that I would want to make as far as, so so we've talked about the benefits of uh, doing away with the risk of injury, right? How do we implement that? Because we all know there are those that don't want to implement it. And for the life of them, they don't want to. At what point do you just let them go? Because they become more of a risk than uh, they become more of a liability than a benefit. Really, they, they, I mean, imagine if one of our guys fell off and absolutely, you could take God your forbid best they guy. die. You know, yeah. like that's you could take your best worse. guy that's making you a lot of money out there in the field, the most efficient guy. He screws up one time, and he he could put your business under. Well, right, and it's everything. There's, there's, uh, I, I don't know how, how many of y'all know what the EMOD is, an, e, an insurance EMOD. Like, we're trying, we're trying to get into some big GCs yeah. right now, mm-hmm. and they want to know our EMOD. A death would make your EMOD double sometimes, yeah. um, in, in risk factor. So, it, it's a huge thing. You, you got to look at it from one point to the next. And, I mean, is it, is it being mean to the guys to to fire them? Well, they they came to work knowing the risks. They and, and or not the risk, but they they came to work knowing what they're going to have to do. So at some point, we have to make a standard that they, that's what they got to do Absolutely. for the safety of the company, safety of themselves, everything. I think that when the time comes, you'll know when. Yeah, there's no, there's no trying to teach that person to do what they need to do to be safe on the job site. Absolutely. And it, and it comes into our responsibility as, as you know, employers and stuff. Are they properly trained? Do they know what they need to wear? Do they know when they should be tied off? Absolutely. And if, if we don't, if we don't train them, then I think that you can't necessarily fire them, but you spoke to the best guy on the crew if the best guy on the crew is not following the safety protocols that Tecton has in place, then 
he's got to go at some point after a warning or two. Like, that's the example. If you're talking about the the guy with the answers, that's the boss on the crew. I don't care if he's getting paid the most or whatever. Whoever those, all those workers feel like they can come to to ask any question, that's the boss on the crew by nature, not by appointment. Bradley, I don't know if you guys know Bradley, but he talks about it. He talks about uh, getting rid of the bad cancer in the company. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I'm not going to name names of some of the employees we have, but I think, I think they, out of loyalty, then we, I want to hang on to them. But I think they're, I think they're, they're willful, not tying off, not following the safety procedure. I think it's a cancer. We'll talk about that later. Uh, we're cutting a little bit close to time here, so uh, Butters, let's let's go over to, and I think this is a great one. It, it's uh, your topic is op- business operations and client relationships, and and the reason why I think so, you've never owned a business until Tecton, am I right? Correct. Uh what I love about this is. And this is an idea. You can handle whatever that the, the topic the way you want, but um, talk about or like how how you would handle the topic of business operations is maybe just interview us a little bit. That that'd be fun. Like like glean glean like challenge us in how we operate businesses with how you think as someone on the outside looking in, but handle it the way you want. Business operations and client relationships. I think that's a great subject. So, so you're you're asking me to ask you guys how you and, and challenge you with what I figured being the tough questions on how you run yeah. your business. I think that would be fun. It'd be a great way to end the podcast. Well, it'd be super fun if I could think of something um, <laughs> off off the bat. You know, I mean, some things come to you quick some things don't um talk about client relationships start with that topic i know you brief over it a little bit but um maybe maybe let's let's start going over like what the benefits are of uh taking our clients to to dinner we need to do that a lot more because god knows that we love them we need to show up more stuff like that I think that that's something that we could definitely pick up on and do more. Uh, on your level, we could do, you, you could be taking the project managers out and just casually, like, I, I wouldn't even talk business, not at all. I'd just take them out to lunch, you know, superintendents, right. stuff like that. One of the things I love was those cards, you know, I the, the, like little cards that Boaz. Yeah, the one-liner cards. Did you yeah, guys the one-liner cards. comments on those? I did. Yeah. I have not from every single one, but I did half too. Of them, yeah, yeah, from That's a few of them, I got some. Yeah, I haven't, Whatever. but I'm sending them to to big ass business owners, like the people that we have yeah, or have like, not worked for. The yeah, so, show, but you know, it still has its value. It oh, I, 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 I keep doing it. I, even to today, I, I keep doing that. But one of the things I think that would be a great idea, and is. On each level, we do that. Like you send it to the project managers and the superintendents and that. Just like, hey, thanks, man. It's been great working with you. But uh, I'd I'd love to hear your challenge, like challenge us on something. Like let's, you're the challenging party here. Let's be real. <laughs> well, I I got I got. Uh, so, so I I asked you the question before before we started recording on like what gave you the umph to to go and find the investments you needed to be able to get your insurance right and the cash flow right that you could take on a project like that hotel for the very first time from from track homes and and I think even in town homes before that and custom homes to something that you need a million dollars insurance you need a couple hundred thousand dollars cash flow just to get it off the ground um like how do you get that that courage to do it or did you just have the this is just another step 
for our listeners, which is only me two of you, but thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> the, the history he's talking about is I, I've been doing residential, um, where the, 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 the largest project I'd done up to, uh, the hotel that he mentioned was, was $45,000 in total. Um, I was labor only, but on this hotel, I turnkeyed it, which was a million dollars. Non turnkey, you got to get all your products. You got to you got to have that cash flow. You got to pay your guys for 45 60 days sometimes depending on the client. You got to you got to be able to pay your guys for a long time and pay all the consumer pay for all the consumables. The nice thing is is uh, a lot of suppliers, if you go with the right suppliers, they'll they'll agree to pay when paid. So you don't need to pay the hundreds of thousands of dollars in lumber bills and materials. Uh, before you get paid, but you still need what to what uh, Butters alluded to. You need a couple hundred thousand dollars in cash flow. Uh, insurances was uh, it's it's tough, but it it's you it's don't a need around. a whole lot. Yeah, it's a yeah. workaround. Like with your insurances, if you if you find one that is considering. Um, being able to carry you like your new contractor, your high risk and all that, then there's uh, things in place where you can not be denied coverage. So you would get it at a higher cost at first. And then basically through your EMOD and safety, then it yeah, and, cheaper. And you can pay over time. It's not, yeah, it's not yeah. a lump sum. Anyways, no. not to get distracted from your thing, your, your question. Uh, the, the, the ump came from ex- putting myself in the right shoes or putting myself through the right training. I should say I, I didn't, I did eighth grade twice. So I have no, no college or even high school experience. But what I did know is that, uh, boots on the ground, real life reality teaches you a lot. So I, I jumped around from three or four different businesses that would allow me to take a step up. And each time I went, one of the reasons why they wanted me to go each business that I went to a different went to them, they wanted to put me in a higher position. And it, it taught me that it, it, it there's no difference between the $10,000 jobs versus the million dollar jobs. It's just a process. You bid it, you figure out all the RFIs, you figure out all that stuff you need, and then you put workers on it. And then you just in cash flow. Um, and and everybody's looking to make money off their money. Mm-hmm. Just know the right people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I there was there was at one point during my the first three years of Tecton, so, I was a quarter million dollars in cash debt. I mean, that's cash debt. That year that that happened, I paid seventy five thousand dollars in interest. Yeah, and that taught yeah. you something. It gave you a bad feeling that you never wanted to feel again. Well, it, it's a sense of responsibility right there. Yeah. Like now, I have a responsibility to bring our caches to cash flow, cash flow, and cash balance to a point. I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and it, it's that's that's that. But it's it's easy once you you know the right people, right? And I kind of want to ask you the same question being a general contractor on residential does it feel like oh it's just the same thing if if we were to or just the idea of if going into general in the same sector doing multifamily, doing uh 300 500 square foot apartment buildings as a general dealing with all the subs and and getting people to believe in you that you're the general they should hire to build their projects. Um, do you see it as kind of daunting because it's such a bigger project or is it more to what Nate Nate's vision was when he moved from the housing to the. Well, I, I didn't have the same experience Nate did where he worked with, the companies that had that other zero. So that mindset didn't, didn't necessarily plan itself. Um, 
I can see right. it, and now I totally agree with it. So yeah. it may change the answer to that question yeah, in the I'm last year since I've past, been here. I'm saying like, like right, right now? now, if we were to make that transition, is it? Is it into general contracting? Into general into contracting. So does it seem daunting to you, or no, does it seem like no, it's just like the same it, pro- process? Just yeah, it's it's zero. more like that now. But when I first got here, Nate actually asked me because of my general contracting experience in the single family sector whether I wanted to get into this, and my initial thought was like. A, a little bit of fear and like, oh, that's, you know, that, that brings on all this responsibility and liability and how are you going to get the people and how are you going to k- take care of all, all the things in the encompassing nature of general contracting. Like you're responsible for the GFI flipping before you get your occupancy permit mm-hmm. and maybe even after, depending on your contract. So it does. It, it it is daunting, but the same principle applies. It's just another zero. You can do it. Now, getting the first one, like I I would I would love to be in a position where, like, as we grow, that you can get your first one, and if it's a a good job, uh, that that seems like there's a a good pathway to get your feet wet and stuff. I'm all in on doing something like that but i wasn't at first and there's there's something to be said about the mindset that nate points out as he realized at one point that whether you're building a hundred thousand dollar home or a million dollar home you're simply just adding the other zeros Mm -hmm. it's not it it mean yes your liability is higher your risk is higher because the dollar is higher but the process is the same and that's the key point the focal point is the process is the same one of the things about that that i've learned the hard way a little is it takes more guys that added zero takes more guys yep you have to compound that yeah. you try to do all this stuff yourself there's you're going to ruin client relationships if they have to wait a week or two before they get the information that they know only takes five or 10 minutes. That's your subconsciously going to be going out of their list of people to use. So it takes guys too. Yeah, like, it does. Well, I mean, you wouldn't get anywhere if you couldn't perform and you can't do it without some guys and some help, but leadership is key. I mean, and, and obviously the people you get on, on your team is, is all important too. One one of the things that in closing this podcast and uh, thank you all for going through and listening to this is for our first podcast. Hopefully you're one of the two that listened. Uh, what two one of the things I love that Boaz. I'm talking to the damn listeners. I know I, the two million the, the blessed listeners. <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> um, so the one of the things I learned a lot and I, I really. In principle, you know these things, but you never see them in action. And one of the things that Boaz taught us is go go through and, and, and see what each one of us took from the podcast. So begin with you, Bert. Like what, what's, your, what's your main that you took from the podcast that you could point out to us? Um, well, I like uh, the reaffirmation of how like-minded we are and um, how well-rounded we are in our own little positions that we've taken on in, in the building beyond with Tecton or Tecton Construction. We, we all care about our projects, and I've, I like how this podcast has um, kind of shown that we all have our... Uh, responsibilities inside the business we all care and we take care of our stuff and it's a awesome opportunity and welcome to tech building beyond with tecton it's i'm excited to do the yeah, next one we're all super excited nephi what or butters i'm gonna have to get used to that <laughs> butters what do you got i didn't know this was a lesson learning for us kind of podcast well I'm well not really um you got a point you, uh, just do it. I, 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 Bert alluded to it. Uh, the just 
the responsibility we all take. The same reason why you, you know, we talked a little bit about it, but there's so much more to talk about on why you chose us to to come and you realized that there was there was more with the same drive and and, and re, re, people that would take on the responsibility to get the job done um, that you don't find in just a, a even even a employee you have high expectations for you know there there's a lot lacking um in responsibility the true responsibility i mean yeah. it ends at their their paycheck yeah, it's and their I, contract. They come do their work and yeah. get paid. But and even when I was on the rigs, it didn't. You know, I was always thinking about. I was always thinking how I could do it better. How I could I could yeah. take on the responsibility. That's just who we are. Is and w- yeah, and when you do that, you want to do it for yourself. And we yeah, and you you should yeah. be set apart. If someone's exactly. that mindset, you should be set apart. How many people can we? Uh, we we're running probably thirty employees right now. How many, how many of those employees can we say are doing that? And this ain't to dog on employees. Uh, I, I, off the top of my head, can't think of a single one. Mm-mm. Not a single People one. that have that kind of mindset should be set apart. And it's their own responsibility to set themselves apart. But yes, that is a, that's a goal. But one thing to remember, once you, once you find one, just enjoy it while you have it, because they won't be around. They're going to go do it That's for why themselves. I partnered exactly. up. That's why I wanted to partner up, not... Wise choice. Higher. <laughs> Very wise choice. Yeah, what do you got? And this isn't necessarily us taking a lesson. It's like, hey, listeners, this is a this is a point. This yeah. is a point that may have got lost in the in the blabbing that w- was really important. Yeah. I, I what I enjoy this right here is you take Bert. He's got twenty years in the industry. And Nephi didn't have any. Uh, well, he did have a few years here and there, but he was in the oil field. Me, I was always wanting to be my own boss. And we we had all created something for ourselves, but Nate had the balls and the the drive to go out and present it to all of us. And for that, I, I thanks Nate because this this is this feels right to me. So well, I'm excited. About I'll tell it. you about the balls to present it started when I realized Bert presented it to presented his idea year or two before I came to him about to everything. Um, the the only di- the, the lesson I learned I learned uh, and maybe Bert can talk about that because I think there's a lot of business lessons in that. One of these podcasts, that'd be really great for you to talk about that venture you were trying to start with Common Sense. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, but but I, I I noticed that, and I learned I I learned that it was possible because when someone's not happy with their they're out they're looking at for more. So I knew it was possible to get the get you guys at that point. Mm-hmm. But and then what I learned from Bert is what not to do, and that is. It's not for everyone. Pick the people you really want. Don't the, the the invitation isn't for everyone. And I don't know if you. It, it looked like that from an outsider. Oh no, well, that's you, one yeah. of my the invitation greatest was to like everyone. You, you hit that. Yeah, yeah, I've said that a lot of times. You even before you head. started, like call me about this. You know, he he realized that. Like, yeah, been so. two years in the past, and he he. Had, already said that exactly. yeah, you yeah. put yourself out there for yeah. us Nate. but and thanks for noticing and learning um by others mistakes because honestly like you say you learned what to do and sorry for prolonging the podcast with this but you say you learned what to do and i tell my history of the few people that i worked for because i've only held a couple of jobs i've never been fired i rose to the top everywhere i went Me and too. i realized that I got to do this for myself because no matter where I went, I wasn't fully compensated for taking on 90% of the responsibility. But um, getting, getting the, uh, what did I, what did, I lost my train of thought. 
on what I was well, you alluded I'll to. I'll say what, this. It's, what he alluded to is the people that that um, care beyond their paycheck that, that go oh, home at night and try yeah. and see how knew they that do you had to do it for yourself. Oh, just yeah, for a fact. Yeah. And and I can think of one person that we have in working for us that does that. Bring it. Brody. That is true, and I I actually would love to apologize for not thinking that because that is true of Freddie. You guys yeah. took the dramaticness out of that question. Yeah, they did, and I would <laughs> I, I, I would knew like it was... to see the proof of that before <laughs> okay. I okay. I, hey, we will work with you next work podcast. With you. Yeah, th- th- this I th- I would just like to see the proof of that. Has has the guys got better under his direction? It's not We're having the exact same problems as, he as might the not gardens. be on the right seat in the bus. Well, I, that's fine. And you guys, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, complaining or, or discrediting your guys' judge of character. I'm, I'm, I, and I'm not saying he doesn't. I want to see it before I agree no. with it. No, you're come on up. We'll show you. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. This was a this was a great first po- first podcast, and I think it went well. And, uh, come back for the next one. Thanks. <laughs>